This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Good night, Shabbos. Hope everyone is well. I'd like to wish a Mazel Tov to Mr. and Mrs. Rosh Shapiro on the upcoming off of, of their son Shai this Shabbos. May they see much nachas from him and from all their children. Special Mazel Tov to the grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Aaron Kapelowitz. May they see much nachas from this grandchild and from all of their children and their grandchildren. <clears throat> this is a very, very difficult time in Klal Yisrael. Exactly a week ago, we were talking... We were getting excited for the second half of Sukkot. Shemini Atzeret, Simchas The happiest time, the most joyous time. When we come together in shul, we dance with the Torah, we express our love for Torah. And I think even more so last week, we had even more excitement. Because we saw how HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so good to us. The storm passed right before Lel Sukkot. We were able to sit in the Sukkot. The weather was stunning. Sukkot Chalamayr was beautiful. And we came Friday getting ready for Simchas Torah, Shminatzeres, and we were excited. There was happiness, there was unity, we felt together, the shul, all of us, all of Klai Yisrael. And then Shabbos morning, perhaps every rabbi's nightmare, when someone comes to a rabbi during davening and whispers something into his ear, it's never a good thing. It's during davening on Shabbos morning, beginning of Shachar, someone comes over to me from a different shul and tells me the terrible, horrific news, the early stages of what we knew about what was going on in Eretz Yisrael. This was very, very preliminary information, not many details, nothing was very clear. But as slowly, slowly, Shemini Atzeres went on, and then Simchus Torah, and more and more news came in, we started to piece together some of the pieces. And Baruch Hashem, I think as a shul, we really held on and we made Simchus Torah the way it should be. We did the Hakafis like we should have. And then came Motzei Simchus Torah. And we started to hear, we started to read. Unfortunately, we started to see much more and more of what was taking place or what took place in Eretz Yisrael. And now we're about almost a week later and we are just full of all the information. We've been... We've been Consuming information now for close to a week with technology. There's so much that we can see, hear, be exposed to. We now have a much more full picture of what exactly took place. The numbers are unfortunately a lot larger than we were originally told. I think they first said something like uh, under 100. And now unfortunately it's over 1,300. And I hope it doesn't grow. But these are just unbelievable numbers. And as a story, and as we studied and we heard and we got information about what happened, it's, it's beyond words. And it's just a difficult, difficult time for all of us. The more and more we see, the more and more we read, the more and more we're familiar with this terrible, barbaric act that took place to Am Yisrael, where we lost so many of Achenu B'nai Yisrael in the most barbaric way possible. Throughout the week, many of you heard Tivrei Chizuk and Osiris from many different people, G'dayim in our communities, G'dayim in other communities. 
And it's somewhat comforting to hear Divrei Asairis from leaders. You know, on, on Simchas Torah, I spoke a couple of times. It was really just the initial thoughts that came to my head. I didn't have any time to prepare. I didn't have time to hear what other gedolim, other leaders were saying. But as the week went on, we had a chance to hear. We had different gatherings in our community and other communities. And again, with the, with the help of technology, we were able to hear things from all over the world, from different people, to get insights from other gedolim, other, uh, other people throughout the world sharing their thoughts. And something that I mentioned on Shemini Atzer, on, on actually at, um, I mentioned on Daniel Sechag, and I was, I heard it recorded, my Rebbe spoke about the similar idea when he spoke to the Talmidim in the Yeshiva, and he pointed out that this entire story is Kenegar Ateva. Something like this shouldn't have happened. Something like this, as you read and you see what happened, how the great Israeli army, something like this can happen, is, is Kenegar Ateva. It's against nature. It's a reminder to all of us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. This was the hand of Hashem. Not that we don't believe everything is the hand of Hashem. But there's no way to explain this. We can sit and analyze and it just doesn't make any sense. And my Rebbe said that he, he saw, he came across a report that the Arab Hamas themselves didn't think it was going to be this successful. Hamas thought they wouldn't have this much time to have free reign in the Israeli communities. And when it was over, they were shocked to see how much they were able to do. Even they were shocked. Hamas. So this entire story, first of all, reminds us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu the world. We have to remind ourselves with the Chazarit, as much as we have Avada, a very, very important Israeli army, and a very important Israeli defense team, and we have very successful, and we have a very, very intelligent army, Baruch Hashem, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. Perhaps the Kaddish Baruch wanted us to remember that. And don't forget, I run the world. The same way everyone was calling for rain on the first night of Sukkot. And everyone was anticipating not being able to sit in the Sukkot. Hashem decided otherwise. Hashem said, no, I'm going to make it stop raining. So Hashem decided that this was going to happen. We don't know why. One claimed to know why. We do have to know and we do have to remind ourselves, this is our Kaddish Baruch who's running the world. So where do we go from here? What's the next step? We spend an entire week consuming information that no one should ever have to hear about or see about. The stories that we saw and that we read, the pictures and the videos that we saw are comparable to all the worst atrocities that we saw in Jewish history. Similar to the Holocaust, similar to the Crusades. This is exactly what took place in Dorchorban Bayesheni. This is a repeat of Jewish history's worst moments is what took place in a few hours in Eretz Yisrael. Something which we said would never happen again to us as a people, definitely not to us in our, our own country, Eretz Yisrael, unfortunately did happen again in a terrible, terrible way. The numbers are, 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 just, are just beyond our comprehension. The babies, the women, the elderly, this was not an attack on soldiers, this was an attack on human beings. So where do we go? What do we do next? There's a lot of worrisome, obviously in Eretz Yisrael, a lot of in America also. People are nervous. People are anxious. People are not sure what to do. We, where do we go? What do we do? So I'll say over something that I heard from my Rebbe. He pointed this out. That one of the things we need to do is to be nice to Baal We need to feel the pain of those Achenu B'nai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael that are suffering much more than we are. There are families that are missing relatives. 
they don't know where they are. They anticipate the worst and hope for the best. We have to imagine what they're going through. We have to feel their pain. And what about all those 1,300 families that will never be the same? Who lost loved ones in this massacre? We need to be noisible when we daven, when we learn, when we say to Hillam. It can't just be lip service. It can't just be saying the words to be yoitz in the mitzvah of saying to Hillam. We need to daven for these people as if it would be our own family. No one ever wants to imagine having a loved one who was taken away by evil, sadistic, barbaric people and hoping and praying that they're still alive. But that's what's going on now in Klai Yisrael. Over a hundred people are in that situation. And we're davening for the families of the soldiers that are getting ready and prepared to enter into the lion's den. They're getting ready and they're doing it these soldiers, these tzaddikim. They're getting ready to cross into Gaza knowing good and well how dangerous Gaza is right now. Hamas had plenty of time to get, to get Gaza prepared for this invasion of Israeli soldiers. And you watch the videos of these soldiers dancing besimcha. You watch these Israeli soldiers excited to go to protect Klai Yisrael. <clears throat> but we have to think about them. Can you imagine the pachad that they must have? Many of them don't know if they're going to return. Someone told me a story. They knows of a soldier whose wife is expecting. And his wife is doing a few weeks. And they asked her to find out the gender of the baby and tell the, the father. At least he should know what his baby is going to be. Who knows if he'll come back to ever meet that baby? But at least he should know. We're dealing with young people. Soldiers are young. We're dealing with people that are getting ready to walk into the most dangerous situation of their lives. We need to think about them in our davening. We need to daven like they are our brothers and they are our brothers. They're about to enter into the most difficult situation. Those families that are torn and broken and, and are going through so much pain. This is something my Rebbe said over many times. He said over from his father, Abzelig, that we need to be noise to We need to feel their pain. And we could take away a little bit of their pain also. When we feel it, we take away their pain. Maybe that's why the more we see, the more we feel, the more we can feel their pain. We know what they're going through. We see the footage. We can, know what, we can only imagine what it must be like, but we can see a little bit of it. So I believe step number one for sure is that we need to be We need to be thinking about these people. When we daven, when we learn, when we do something in their schos, it's because we feel the pain of another Jew. These Jews are hurting terribly. They're lost. Besides for all the Achenu B'nei Yisrael that are living with rockets flying overhead, running to bomb shelters all the time. We need to think about them also. We need to be thinking about so many people in our larger extended Jewish family are in pain, are suffering, are hurting. We need to think about them. We can't just allow it to be business as usual. Because life is not like it used to be. We're in a new reality right now. This is the new world post, we'll call it the Shemini Atzeres tragedy. Really, Simchas Torah in Eretz Yisrael. We're in a new world now. Everything is different. We need to up our game. We're not asking anyone here to go to the front lines and be a soldier, but we're asking everyone here to do our part, to do what we can do to help our soldiers. Every tefillah, every tehillim, every mitzvah, every act of chesed that we do, 
is going to bring Rachamim from Shemaim. And that's what we need now more than anything. We need Rachamim Shemaim. And this is, I don't know if apropos is the right word, but we turn to this week's parasha. And we try to see where we can find Chizuk. Where from this week's parasha can we find some guidance, some Hadracha, to get us through this very difficult time that we find ourselves. In the beginning of the parasha, the Torah tells us, the wording of the Chumash, Bereish is Kim. Rashi quotes from Chazal, that originally HaKadosh Baruch wanted to create the world just with din. Straight din, judgment. Harsh judgment. And HaKadosh Baruch realized it's not going to work. A world, this world can't exist with just straight din. There needs to be Rachamim. And therefore says Chazal, Rashi quotes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in, Midas Hadin, Shotfa, Hashem made a partnership with Midas Hadin. We saw a lot of Midas Hadin this week. A whole lot of Midas Hadin. Enough Midas Hadin for a lifetime. Now we need Midas Rachamim. Now we need to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to remember, like he told us in the beginning of Sefer Barashas, this world is built on two parts, two components, Midas Hadin and Midas Rachamim. Midas Hadin we had enough of. We got it. We accepted it. We took it. 1,300 lives is Din. Now we need the Rachamim. Now we ask the Kodesh Baruch Hu, now have mercy. Have mercy on the families. Have mercy on Achenu B'nai Yisrael living under the threat of Hamas. Have mercy on our soldiers that are going into dangerous territory. We beg the Kodesh Baruch Hu, in this week's parasha where you told us, in this week's parasha that the world can't exist just on Din, we need Rachamim. We beg of you Hashem, shower us now. Unbelievable amounts of Rachamim. But how do we get Rachamim? My Rebbe pointed out one of the ways to get Rachamim is by doing When you think about another Jew, when you feel his pain, when you imagine for three seconds what this Yid might, must be feeling. What is a family of a, of, of a family member who's being held as a captive in, in the Gaza must feel like? Think about it. It's scary. And then you daven, like it's your family member. That brings rachamim. When we improve the way we daven, with the way we make brachas, the way we bench, the way we interact with each other, that brings rachamim. And right now we need a lot of rachamim. We need a significant amount of rachamim for us to be able, for us to be able to survive right now. It's a very, very difficult time for Kalah Yisrael. <coughs> but... We as Yidin believe, not that we understand, but we understand that Kodesh Baruch Hu has a, we, we believe that Kodesh Baruch Hu has some form of plan for us. And I found the Chassam Soif in this week's parasha, which I hope will find many, will give and offer many of you comfort as it did myself when I read this Chassam Soif. The Chassam Soif asks a basic question on this week's parasha. We all know the story of Cain and Hevel, call it sibling rivalry, but we do know it is the first murder to happen in this week's in the Chumash is the murder Cain murders Hevel and asks the Chassam Sofer an unbelievable question he says if you go through the pages of the Chumash it seems not to be fair Cain the murderer he did something wrong he didn't bring the best carpet he murdered his brother and you know what happens he lives on Cain continues to live and Hevel the Tzaddik Brought a carbon, a beautiful carbon that gets murdered and done and finished, never to be spoken of again. 
Says the Chassam Seifer, who won that war? Cain or Hevel? If you read the simple Psukim, it gives you the impression that Cain was the victor and Hevel the loser, and it doesn't make sense. Hevel seemed to have been a tzaddik. His only Avera was trying to bring a carbon to Hashem. Why was he considered the non-victorious one in this parasha? Says the Chassam Seifer. Because we don't understand what really happened here. Says the Chassam Seifer, maybe Hevel died physically. But Hevel's neshama continued on. Hevel's neshama then was transferred to many, many different people in Jewish history. It ended up by Noyach. Then it's made its way to Avram Avinu and ultimately to Moshe Rabbeinu. I don't claim to understand what this means. But it definitely means something that there was a legacy that was left. Hevel was not forgotten. Hevel was not omitted from the rest of the Torah. But rather Hevel lived on through the great leaders of the rest of Chumash that we study every single year. And Cain, although maybe he physically lived longer, left no legacy. I think this is so apropos. At the time we're looking around right now, we're seeing it looks like Hamas is winning. The Arabs are winning. We lost 1,300 pure Nishamas. The answer is no. Just like Hevel was murdered, not for being a bad person, Hevel was murdered trying to do Ratzon Hashem. And his neshama went and continued on. Somehow we have to understand that these neshamas that were taken are going to continue on. They're going to leave something further. They're going to leave a legacy while Hamas will leave absolutely nothing. When I came across this, this Chassam Sefer, I found significant of Nechama. In this week's parasha, the story, the first time we're exposed to murder, to death, to person on person. We think that Hevel comes out of the story, the so to say loser, but rather says the Chassam Sefer the contrary. Hevel's the winner. And I believe Klai Yisrael is the same way. It looks like, oh, look what happened, 1300. Oh, no, no, of course we lost these Nishamas, of course, no doubt. But they're living on. They brought Klai Yisrael together. Can you imagine the schus of these Nishamas who brought Klai Yisrael together? They brought Yidin from all walks of life together. They brought Yidin to do things they would have never done in a million years. They brought Klai Yisrael to the point where we are unified like we've never been. They brought people to be more makbid on halacha. People to put on tefillin. People to daven. They left an unbelievable legacy. Although many of them had a very short life. Babies and children. But they live on. Because they're going to be the reason that Klai Yisrael is becoming one. They're the reason Yidin are keeping Shabbos to Shabbos. They're the reason people are putting on tefillin and davening and wearing tzitzis and keeping kosher. They lived on. They're victorious. Not the Hamas barbaric animals that will eventually be taken away. And lastly, one last Nakuda that I found very comforting in this week's parish as well. The Balaturim tells us in the opening Pasuk, Beresh is Kim. Opening Pasuk of the Chumash. The last letters of each one of those three words spells the word emes. Truth, honest. Which means everything Hashem does is honest. Don't think for a second that for those six, seven hours, Shabbos morning, HaKadosh Baruch took a vacation and he said, you know what? Let someone else run the world. I'm closing my eyes. I'm not involved. That's a mistake. As we pointed out earlier, it's the same HaKadosh Baruch 
Soifei Tevis, the last letters equal the word MS, everything Hashem does is honest. This was not a mistake. This was not an oversight on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's part. This was not a Kodesh Baruch Hu chas v'shalom sleeping on the job. This is MS. But the question is, why does it have to be the last letters? Why couldn't we have the first letters? So a beautiful answer brought down. Sometimes you don't see MS till much later. Till the end of something. Right now we're in the beginning of a tragedy. We don't see the MS. We have a hard time grappling with where's MS here. But soifei tevis. The MS lies in the last words. The last word. The last letter, I'm sorry, of each one of these words. At the end. At the end one day we'll see why this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to do. But we believe. Amamin and b'nei maminim. We believe HaKadosh Baruch Hu is MS. Klai Yisrael is hurting. As a nation, as a people, we're hurting. We're in unbelievable amounts of pain. We should be. And if we're not, we have a problem. Because our Achenu B'nei Yisrael are in terrible, terrible pain as well. We come together for this Shabbos. We try our best. We know Shabbos has unbelievable powers. Shabbos has the ability to do a lot of amazing things. Shabbos is the Mikar HaBarachah. So let's come together this Shabbos, Rabbi Say, Wherever you're going to be, whichever community you are in, whichever shul you'll be, let's really make Shabbos different. We pointed out, sadly, a few weeks ago, from the famed Aruch Laner, that when we don't blow Shafer in Rosh Hashanah, when it falls out on Shabbos, sometimes it could be a bad thing. And it all depends on how we treat Shabbos in the subsequent weeks. We didn't have that many weeks since Rosh Hashanah. But I know one thing, this Shabbos will not be like other Shabbosim. This Shabbos, we have a different attitude. We have a different mindset. We're finally going to turn off our phones and our computers for a couple of 20-something hours. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be scared to turn it on after Shabbos. Because we don't know what's going to happen over Shabbos. Will the troops go in? Will the troops not go in? What does Hamas have planned? It's a pacha neira. It's really like that every day. But we know for 26 hours of Shabbos, we're going to completely connect to Shabbos. Appreciate the gift of Shabbos. Appreciate all that Shabbos gives us to detach from the world around us. To be able to daven, learn, spend time with family, eat, even rejoice. Have Oynik Shabbos is also a mitzvah. Disconnect from the craziness that the world is around us. Not to have to look at every single picture, video, tweet someone sends our way. To disconnect from all of that. Pointed out, that's the beauty of learning Torah. person goes to a shir, learns with his chavrusa, he turns off the outside world. He's not dealing with that part. It will be waiting for him when he gets back. For this Shabbos, we're going to disconnect from all of this. Not forget. We never forget. We don't forget about our brothers and sisters that are in pain. We don't forget about the soldiers that are ready to defend. We don't forget. But we take a slight break. And we, we, and we, we, we focus on Shabbos, the beauty of Shabbos, we daven better for Achenu B'nai Yisrael. We learn more for Achenu B'nai Yisrael. Everything we do is a schos for Kla Yisrael. Just like we said in Simchus Torah, when we danced those hakafas, which were beautiful on our shul, I may add. They were beautiful. And they were not easy. Because many people were heard a lot of information at that time, especially by the day hakafas. Many people knew a lot of information, which made it almost emotionally impossible to dance. 
But as we pointed out before our kafas, Kalah Yisrael has an ability not to forget. We never forget. We somehow have an ability to separate. Not detached is too strong of a word. We put aside. And we focus on other things and we channel our energy into that. And the learning that we do on Shabbos and every davening that we do on Shabbos and every suda that we eat on Shabbos and every good Shabbos that we say to another Jew over Shabbos is a schos for Achenu B'nei Yisrael. I told my Talmudim in Yeshiva we're all soldiers in this army. And we, we believe that we are as important as the soldiers in the front lines. Every mitzvah that we do, every bracha that we say, every learning that we do, everything that we do is helping them. We're partners. We can't afford to fall asleep on the job. We can't afford to slack off on our job. We have a job. We have a mission. We're here to help them. They're helping us and we're helping them. We're working together as a team. This is a team effort. Achenu b'nei Yisrael is one big team. If ever we saw that, it was this week. With the unification of Am Yisrael from all walks of life. This was such a beautiful expression of Achtos. I only hope it could stay with us. I wish that we can get unified under better conditions. I wish it doesn't take a massacre for the right and the left of Klai Yisrael to talk to each other. I wish it didn't take so many Nishamais to be removed from us for us to put aside our differences. But we're not looking back, we're looking forward. Let's make Hashem start off a new week with a Shabbos Rishayna, our first Shabbos. Shabbos Beresh, the beginning of the Chumash. Let's start off with this beautiful Achdus that Klai Yisrael has right now. It's stunning. It's remarkable to see the beauty of Klai Yisrael at this point. I can only imagine the Nachas, I'm hoping the Nachas HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees from us. That we got together, we put aside our differences. Let's continue it. Let's allow this unity to last past the tragedy. Let's allow the Rachamim to flow to all of us. As we're in a time where we need significant amount of Racham. Mitzvah Hashem, we should take all the chizit that we've heard this week. All the inspirational videos, clips, recordings, speeches. Let's bring it with us into Shabbos. Let's remember Shabbos is the Mikar HaBrocha. Shabbos is the source of all blessings. Shabbos is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's gift to us. Let's use it wisely. Let's use it to unify. Let's use it to continue to be unified. Hashem, we should, Hashem should see how we're Shoyme the Shabbos. Shoyme Shabbos brings Geula. If ever we felt a time for Geula in our lives, it's now. We didn't live through the Holocaust. I didn't live through the Holocaust. I didn't live through the Crusades. I didn't live through Tachvatat. But if ever a time a Yid felt he wants Mashiach to come, it has to be now. Mr. Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu should watch over Am Yisrael. Hashem should watch over Eretz Yisrael. Hashem should watch our soldiers, protect them. Give chizik to the families. Give chizik to all those that are in pain. Hashem should watch us here in America. It's not just a simple situation here. We're worried, we're nervous, we're anxious. Hashem should guard us, protect us here. Hashem should watch over all of Achenu B'nei Yisrael. Mr. Hashem, we should be zaycha to see together all of us, unified as one. The day that we wait for, the day that we hope for, the day that we count down to, the end of all of the tsaris, the arrival of Mashiach, have a wonderful Shabbos.